0: Hello and welcome to Grace Life Bosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Okay, amen. We're looking at how we can live in the much more life or how there's more to life. There's a song by Stacey Orica that says there's got to be more to life. And in that song, uh, she speaks of um, there's got to be more than always wanting more. There's got to be more than wanting more. There's got to be more that we need to find contentment if we will. We need to find what we're looking for and we need to find it in Jesus. Amen. And uh, that's one of the things I shared this morning on my birthday is I'm so glad that I found what I was looking for at a young age. I found what i was looking for and now i'm not looking for more i'm just looking for more of what i've got Amen. i'm looking to to look deeper into the mirror i'm looking to understand more of christ in me i'm looking to to, to go deeper into what i've got because the word says be content with what you have because what you have is the best you'll ever have amen uh, hebrews thirteen five says basically there's nothing more if you've got jesus you've got the presence there's nothing more there's nothing more than what you can get. Like you can just understand it more. You can look deeper into the face of Jesus. You can understand more of His word, and that's what we're growing in. But like Peter, um, in John six, it's very interesting. Jesus feeds five thousand people or five thousand men. I mean, that's already a, a miracle uh, with their women and children. And then he he goes on, and then he he starts about eat my flesh and and, and drink my blood, and he basically offends five thousand more or, or the same people. And then a lot of them leave and he says this is a hard saying and they go and jesus looks at his 12 and he says will you also leave like just why are you still here and peter looks at him and he says lord where will we go because you have the words that give eternal life what a privilege what 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 a statement is that there's nothing more than that that we need i mean we can uh we we can peter got a lot of things wrong but he got some things right i mean I don't know who of you have walked on water he did i mean he also sang but he did like we, we 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 jumped to the end of the story but he got out on the word of christ when jesus said come he, he went for it and he says like you have the words that give life now in the passion translation it says jesus said to the 12 and you do you also want to leave i like the attitude of jesus there he was just like oh no 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 that's not what i meant come he says, no if you want to go go like This is it. And he says, then Peter spoke up and said, but Lord, where would we go? And that's where I'm at on my birthday. like, where will I go? I've got nowhere else to be. Because I've found what I've been looking for. I've found what my heart's been yearning for. And I know that there's more people who need that. Amen? No one but you gives us the revelation of eternal life. So I'm asking you, where do you get life? what is your source of life what is your life source what is it that you draw from when things get difficult where do you go where do you go what is your what is your well isaiah 12 says that inside of us the well of salvation and we can draw deep from the waters of that well and i want to ask you with that is who is jesus for you who is jesus for you because that's what that's what jesus asked these disciples he says where do the people say i am it's interesting if you ask people, uh, who do people say grace life is in Stellenbosch? Like, what a grace life! Oh, you just like that, that this and that do or this and that or this and that that. Like, how how do you know you haven't been here? But I'm asking you, who's Jesus for you? For you, not for your neighbour, not for your wife or your spouse or the person next to you. Who is Jesus for you? Luke 9:20, Jesus asked them, but who do you believe that I am? Who do you believe that I am? Peter said, you are the anointed one. God's Messiah. You're not the promise of riches. Not the healer. Even though that's true. You are the promised Messiah. The anointed one. The King James said, but who do you say I am? Peter answering said, the Christ of God. Is Jesus the Christ of God? For you first of all, primary second question, then is where is Jesus? And we've looked at that for a bit, so I don't want to go into that today. But do you see Jesus inside of you? One of my new favorite verses is John 1, I think it's verse 51 at the end there, where it says, And from now on, you'll see heaven open, and you'll see the angels, the messengers of God, up and down on the Son of, Je- of the, of the Son so jesus is the ladder that jacob dreamed of are you on that ladder now we we're going to go somewhere I, I i had to start where i left off two weeks ago and then last week who was here last week was quite special that was awesome i see uh, taku obeyed and he's up front well done taku <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> obedience is awesome amen because uh, that means that you can grow. I shared with the leaders recently, I said, what is the what, what is the one thing that you really need to, to be a leader? And there were some good answers. Faithfulness, uh, loyalty, integrity. But one of it is availability. Uh, you can't lead if you're not there. Amen? You can't receive if you're not here. And like, sitting up front, is uh, you get the first spit at anointing. Amen? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, Taku, I know where you come from. Like, it's the special people who sit up front. But in Christ Jesus, you are one of the special ones. So you're welcome up front. Everyone is welcome up front. We don't have an bunk a bank and this and a that. We have some chairs at the back reserved for families with prams, but once they leave, you can sit there too. Amen? Sometimes it's lonely up front. So I'm glad if you come all the way forward. <laughs> we're going to look at two pieces of Scripture. Okay? We're going to look at Luke 9, and we're going to look at John uh, Romans 14 this morning. Luke 9... And Romans 14. So we're starting in verse 20 there from Luke 9. Now we're going on to 23. And it says, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. So if there's more to life, Jesus is telling us where to get it. And the answer is not in ourselves. Amen? And I spoke to, to Kunrad on Friday, and we spoke about this concept of you need to pick up that cross daily. It's not salvation, it's life. There's daily decisions that we need to make. Are we going to live in the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of, of life? I'm not talking about salvation. I believe when you saved, you saved.? Amen? But daily there's decisions. Am I going to follow kingdom of this world, or am I going to follow kingdom of heaven? Am I going to live after the flesh or after the spirit? Am I going to go according to God's ideas or my ideas? Am I going to go according to good plans or God's plans? And you make a good decision and you celebrate it, you have a testimony. Guess what? There's another decision around the corner. There's another opportunity for you to, to show that you trust God. Because it's daily. It's like bread. We eat every day, don't we? The fashion says that Jesus said to all his followers... If you truly desire to be my disciple, you must disown your life completely. Oh, it's getting exciting in here again. eh? I'm just reading, by the way. I'm not preaching yet. I'm just reading. Embrace my cross as your own and surrender to my ways. For if you choose self-sacrifice, giving up your lives for my glory, you will discover true life. Anyone here looking for more of life? More true life. There's got to be more to life. Hey, Stacy Orica, I got a, I got a, I got an answer for you. Lay down your life. Stop living for you. Start living for something bigger. Start living kingdom, not my way, but in uh, in, in Bosch, they say Yahweh. It's not my way. It's Yahweh. I know it's corny, but it works, doesn't it? We make Jesus Lord. What does that mean? Are you living a yes, Lord, life? That's the question. You must believe that He is Lord and confess with your mouth. That gets you saved, but that doesn't mean you're living like, like, like the King, the son's king that you are. Amen? The, king of, the son of the king. Giving your lives for my glory, you will discover true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will lose what you try to keep. You see, there's no real, no translation is perfect. But sometimes we need to read through a few to get the idea. We need to get to what God is trying to, to convey here. And really what he's saying is here the more you try to live for yourself, the more you're going to lose it. I can name names here. I don't know what the guy from Queen's name is, but the, the band Queen. Live, live fast and die young. What did, he, what did he lose? He lost everything. Probably lost eternity. Um, there's a lot of pop stars that we can, we can name where they live the life. Amen. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, living their best life now, whatever you want to call it. YOLO. What does it mean? Well, you're not going to live, like, let's not get into eschatology right now. Verse 24, for whoever will save his life shall lose it, but whoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. The voice translation says of 24, if you try to avoid danger and risk, then you'll lose everything. Anyone here for a faith adventure? Anyone ready to step out of the boat? If you avoid danger and risk, then you'll lose everything. I remember when we played rugby, we had a saying, if you try not to get hurt, you're going to get hurt. If you hold back, you're going to get hurt. If you don't go in, you don't brace yourself, you're not ready for contact, then you get hurt. The same in this life if you let go of your life and risk all oh, for my sake then your life will be rescued healed made whole and full again i cannot do this for you but i can invite you <coughs> like jesus <laughs> verse 25 for what is a man advantaged if he gains the whole world that's weird, but it's okay. <laughs> Waiting for Jesus to walk out. Even if you gain the... What is the, um, what is the main advantage? If he gains the whole world and he loses himself or be cast away. You see, there's more to life. There's got to be more to life. More than this life. So you can be the king of this life and still lose your life. You can be Nebuchadnezzar, king of the world. And become like an animal. Because you're not living for the eternal life. You're not living for the more life. The reality life. The Passion says, even if you gained all the wealth and power of this world and all the things it could offer you, yet lost your soul in the process, what good is that? Remember, I haven't preached yet this morning, I've just read. Okay, You see, we get to be different to the world. In fact, it is of paramount importance to the kingdom that we live our lives different. It is important that we be different that we be light, that we be salt in this world. The problem is that we as Christians often operate from an us versus them mentality. We're just different to my neighbor. or I'm just, I, 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 I don't drink as much. I just drink less than the poorest guy. Or whatever example you want to put in there. But you see, the problem is we're never going to be kingdom. You see, th- th- there can be many tribes in one kingdom. This is important. This is where I wanted to get to this morning. A church is a tribe. Like, like this is a this is our tribe. Like, I found my tribe. My tribe is Grace Life. But there's many other churches who do great do great things. And it's not to say we've got it all together. We're trying. I know there's some horror documentaries on YouTube about some other famous churches. But I mean, I promise you, I can give you a list of five people, and you go invite them to do a documentary. You'll you'll be horrified of what they will say of Grace Life because of their experience. So we must be careful how we judge. And that's really my heart for us this morning, is um, what is it that we that we operate as? What is it that we celebrate? And then really, how do we deal with differences? So if you lay down your life, I believe with that you can lay down your opinion. That's sometimes more difficult. It's easy to lay down your life, but are you laying down your opinions? And I'm not saying you need to give up what you believe please hear my heart I'm very strong in my doctrine and what I believe and I'm very convinced of what I believe and why but that doesn't mean anyone who doesn't agree with me is not part of my immediate circle it's often the people who disagree with me that I learn the most from because either I can tell them that they're going to be wrong and we'll understand that when we get to heaven or if I'm humble then I can test what they say and how they see things, and I can make either double sure that I'm right in my understanding, or convinced still, or, guess what, this has happened before, where I've realized, hey, maybe they're onto something. And maybe their perspective helps them. So there's a thing called uh, cognitive bias in psychology. I don't know if everyone has ever heard of it, but cognitive bias means that we make decisions based on our previous knowledge and experience. And it's a flaw. Like it means like you can make very bad decisions because of cognitive bias. Because cognitive bias, there you have it, is a systematic thought process caused by the tendency of the human brain to simplify information processing through a filter of personal experience and preferences. I was so excited when I got this because um, some people don't just want the Bible, they want science. Now there's science <laughs> I mean, to tell you that you can be wrong that's what it's doing, it tells me that I can be wrong because just because I had a great experience or a personal preference doesn't mean if something contrary is brought to me that that is just as easy as putting it aside but the, the science there tells us why do we do it because it takes effort it takes effort to challenge your thoughts, your beliefs and to challenge even your worldview and your perspective. There are certain words that I say and you have ideas that pop up. If I say dinosaur. Some of you thought of Barney. Some others thought of Jurassic Park. Or maybe where I made I'm like, which one is Jordan's favorite? Probably the T-Rex. So just saying one word, how many different thoughts or pictures, if you will, mind pictures, would just ignited in the room that's cognitive bias if you watch a lot of barney barney is a dinosaur (laughs) (laughs) then you were maybe more um probable to think of barney when i say say dinosaur but if you are a very big fan of the Jurassic world movies then you have a very different perspective and the same as when we get to the word And I'm not going to use examples this morning, because the heart of my message is really unity. In and through and amongst our differences. And I'll show you from the word how I believe it's the heart of God, that we can be different and still unified. Now, the problem with Christians is that we like to call us, us, and them, them. And it's fine if they're unbelievers, then it's them. But if they're believers, just of a different tribe, then it's part of us. It's just a bigger circle. Amen? And in that, we don't all have to agree on some things, but on certain things we have to. Otherwise, it's not the same tribe. Or it's not the same church. Or it's not even church. Like uh, Shane said, some churches who closed in lockdown should have closed in lockdown because they were never mentioning Jesus. Amen? Then I'm happy because it's not a church. Because a church gathers to celebrate Jesus. That's the ecclesia. That's the, he's the one calling us out. He's the one giving us reigning power through the abundance of grace. Amen? But if some churches have a different view, or some people stand and others sit, or some people sing in the start or at the end, or, um, yeah, different denominations, it's like we we need to be careful that we don't create us and them. Now, it's very important that we know why we exist as a church. So I'm thoroughly convinced that Grace Lifestyle of Bosch has a place amongst all the other churches in this town. And that we have a unique flavor, purpose, identity, message. That's for sure. That I believe this is where I want to be. That's not why I'm here. But I believe it's as it's, 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 it's far as what I can see in the word. That's true as well. But that doesn't mean everyone else is wrong. Okay, you can look better Like I'm telling you you've got more brothers and sisters than you thought you did <laughs> I'm just saying we need to be careful that we not judge others because then ourselves will be judged we need to be careful but we still need to be passionate I love the word that you gave me because I'm really my life's passion is to, to make Christ the message and to present everyone his perfect one in Christ Jesus and then the passion says in Colossians one, day that it's become my tireless intensity, passion in ministry, to labour with that intensity because I have found what I've been looking for. Now, if there's people in churches who's unsaved, guess what? We got some work to do. But if they saved and they disagree, I'm just going to ask them, "Are you of my flock or not?" Because if you're not, then I'll rather look after my flock, because Acts 20:28 20, tells me, "Like take heed to yourself and to your flock." So there's different shepherds out there. And I've had this conversation with some people, i phoned them I said, Hey, you're in and out or I never see you, I'm not sure. Are you in the flock or not? No, why does that mean? I said, it matters a lot. Because it matters if I lie awake at night thinking about where you are, or if I don't, I go to bed and I sleep. I think Bernard and Wendy will agree with me, like it's it's, it's a pastor's heart, like it's the people who's not here that you're often most worried about. That doesn't mean we're not ministering to the ones who come, and that's the challenge. So I need to know, like, are you in or are you out? And then you can ask the people who's left, I pray for them, I say, just tell me where you're going. Because I, don't, I, I want you to just be past it. If you don't want it to be me, who's it going to be? Because the worst thing that you can do is go wander around in the wilderness by yourself. Because that's where you get eaten by wolves. Amen? Unfortunately, we cannot operate from a separated mindset when it comes to other believers. Even if they believe a little different. If they believe a whole lot different, and we not agree on salvation matters, and Jesus, and sin, forgiveness, and what true Christianity is all about, then it's another matter. Um, but it's no use for us to, to highlight petty differences. Amen? What I've really seen in this church as well is people come here and tell me, hey, God sent me, and it's miraculous how they arrived. And then they hear two or three things that we believe, and then they up and they leave. I'm like, I'm sure God knew what we believed about this and that when he sent you here and when you had this amazing experience and when you said, amen, hallelujah, Jesus sent me here. Like, we didn't change since then. God knew. Cognitive bias. Because I had a great experience or because I had this encounter or because I believe this word means this often helps us to to not get through the difficult things. There's some people here, myself included, who had to face some difficult challenging doctrines of late for the last four years i would say there's things that i was like what because it was against my perspective against my previous experience against my understanding and what often happens as well is as soon as i have paid a price then that bias increases like that's why they say the best poker players know when to stop not when to continue they cut their losses so if i'm down the wrong path i want to know it sooner rather than later i'm not going to say i'm down this path already so i'm going to continue but that takes some maturity and that takes some effort so if there's anything contrary than what you believe i want to say that's okay and even if you study it out and you still believe what you believe that's also okay we can still dwell together in unity and i'll show you now from the word when we get there but it's so beautiful that we get to be the body i said i'll just be a nose hair for jesus amen that's part of his body and guess what it's close to the head it's part of the head <laughs> amen? but what is it that you are part of we are part of something so amazing this is not a unique problem you know even jesus's disciples felt like that because in luke 9 49 says and john interesting this was interesting for me usually when we have these type of examples it's peter he's the one speaking up the one always Uh, trying to be right and and not but this time john speaks up and john is the disciple whom jesus loved john is the the one that jesus um, had close to him he says master we saw one casting out devils in your name and we forbade him he's now trying to earn some brownie points of jesus i mean jesus someone used your name he's not part of us so we said stop is it a good thing for devils to be driven out amen so why limit it to 12 people do you think people get saved in other churches? Okay, I think that makes a point. He says, because he follows not with us. He follows not with us. Is he following? Are they following? It doesn't have to be with us. It will be great if it is with us. But if they're following Jesus, then let them follow Jesus. Amen? Let them cast out some demons. Even if it's not the way you would have done it. Verse 50 Jesus said unto him, for Forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. That's something I've been meditating on for such a long time. If they're not against us, they're for us. And that's speaking about Jesus. Okay, some people might be against us and still for Jesus. <laughs> I know that's true, I can give you names it's just where they are it's their understanding and it's often immaturity if we just leave because we feel different then that's immaturity but maturity says hey we might disagree but you're still my brother we're still of the same family we're gonna we're gonna either settle this out or we're gonna agree to disagree and let's be fine and we still love each other that takes some some maturity and takes some effort amen the voice there says jesus said what no don't think like that I like the passion that it brings, the emotion. Whoever is not working against you is working with you. But what if they believe? Different. How do we deal with these differences? My question is, are they saved? Maybe a second question is, are they getting others saved? If they are, let them be. We can go to Belgium. We can go get some unsaved people saved. We can go to Zimbabwe, Shurungwe. And minister to the unreached tribes that Shane and them just did there's a lot of work so let's not get caught up in petty differences let's be of one heart one mind one passion one mission amen are they not well then preach the gospel to them because it's only the gospel that gets people saved Romans 1 it's grace the gospel is the power of God unto salvation I listen to some teachings online and they teach about whatever Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's encouraging Sometimes it's a waste of time But then right at the end, they just point in a, a, a sinner's prayer there I'm like, this is such a waste of time Because if you didn't share The good news of Jesus, you didn't give people Seed to be saved, then this prayer Is worth nothing Oh yeah, by the way, if you're not part of Jesus You want to be part of Jesus, just raise your hand I'm like, who is Jesus? Why would I want to be part of him? What did he do? Where does he come from? Where does he fit in? We need to share the gospel that's our work if we share the gospel that's it then we move on and then we get into doctrines and we we, we study things out and we rightly divide the word of truth and what best places to do that ministry school currently we're digging deep like if you're part of that you know that like we're digging all the way from genesis to revelation and we're digging in real deep and that's a lot of fun i love it but that's not what the people out there need it's what we do inside so that it brings us into overflow Okay, if you are sure that they are saved, then we have some guidance. So if they're not saved, what do you do? You preach the gospel. You don't tell them where they're wrong. You preach the gospel. Telling them where they're wrong won't get them saved. If you tell them, hey, I don't agree with this because, and then you share the gospel, that can get them saved. But we don't want to be right, we want to bring light. We don't have to be right. We want to bring light. Another one of my sayings is we don't fight people. We fight for people. We don't fight people. Ephesians 6 says that our battle is not against flesh and blood. So we'd rather just bring the gospel, shine the light, and let people see in their own hearts. So, if they are saved, let's go to Romans 14. This is beautiful. This is where I started off. Actually, um, just in preparation for this message. It says in verse 1: Offer an open hand of fellowship to welcome every true believer, even though their faith may be weak and immature, and refuse to engage in debates with them concerning nothing more than opinions. Again, okay, if people are not there, they're not there. Amen? If they can't get it, they can't get it. You can't give them steak if they're still drinking milk. If I want to kill Bradley, the eight-year-old is with us, eight-month-old, sorry is I must give him a T-bone steak. Amen? I love a T-bone steak. I want to dig into the Word. I want to split it and and go where the joints and marrow separate and how Christ is in the Old. But he just needs milk. And when he has enough milk, he will grow up and he will have some food. So instead of offending people left, right and center because they're immature, that's what the Word says, They'd rather nurture and nourish each other so that we can grow up together and the kingdom is better or for it because at least now someone has an opportunity to mature. I think it's a good word. I think it's bringing us together this morning. Amen? It says nothing more than opinions and debates. Verse 2, For one believes that he may eat all things, another who is weak eats herbs or vegetables. So what the word basically is saying is that vegetarians are weak. (laughs) again i'm not preaching i'm just reading <laughs> herbs there in the king james i'm sure it's vegetables in the new king james are oh, so but the what, what what paul is doing remember we're reading from romans the book of grace the masterpiece on, on on the gospel of grace now he's using two examples now i want you to see that it's not about the actual what he's speaking about He's using examples because if you had to use every little sacrament or every little belief, it would take up the whole Bible, I believe, or like it will take too long. But he's bringing a principle across, and the principle really is unity. And the context of what he speaks about is that there was food offered to idols. In their day and age, the only meat that you could get was meat offered to idols. Okay? Why? Because the Christians weren't rich. They were subdued. They were, not, they were not wealthy and healthy necessarily. So he says the mature believers have realized that you can eat anything and it's okay. Because the kingdom, verse 17, is in the spiritual realm. And it's really not about what you eat or drink. That's where we're going to. Okay? That's where we're going to end, verse 17. But I'm taking the, the run up to verse 17. Because we'll jump into verse 17 and we can use that to cause this unity. Yeah, but I told you. Or I told you. Now, it's fine. Have your beliefs. And the Word says that you need to be thoroughly convinced in your mind. And we'll look at that now in a moment, because that's important. You need to put your cognitive bias aside. And you need to, from the Word, be able to prove what you believe. Amen? If someone asks you for the hope that is in you. But now what he says here is, some people think that if you eat that food offered to idols, you're going to stain yourself, or you're going to dishonor God, basically. And other people say, well, I eat it because that in eating that, I'm actually celebrating my victory over the demons and the idols. He says, no, who's right? Well, he, he subtly says who's right. But he doesn't make it about that. He speaks about the mature and the immature, and I can, I can take some conclusions from there, but I don't want to do that this morning. I want to show you how do we deal with our differences. And he says it so beautifully here. He says that we need to have an open hand of fellowship. And that we need to deal with the weak vegetarians. Amen? (coughs) Amen, said someone. (laughs) Let not him that eateth despises him that eateth not. Okay? So he says, let not the mature despise the immature. So that's good, I mean. That's where I usually get to with these conversations with people. I say, hey, just because we disagree, I'm not chasing you away because I have a different view. You're welcome to fellowship with us. The problem is usually the other way around, where people say, yeah, but I don't agree with you, therefore I'm not going to fellowship with you. And I cannot do anything about that. Because the verse here speaks to both parties. He says, the one who eats, let him not despise the one who doesn't eat. And the one who does not eat, let him not judge him that does eat. So all of us is included. You see that? Do you see that there's some differences in opinion in the church in Rome? Do you believe that there's some differences in opinion in the church of Grace Life Stellenbosch here this morning? Do you believe that we can apply this pattern to say, hey, it's really not about that. Is food offered to idols an eternal matter? Is it a salvation matter? So then why do you make it a major? If it's really just a minor? Why do you cause small things? And now people will say, yeah, but it's not so small. Well then, compared to your salvation, it's small. Compared to the eternal forgiveness of your sins, it's small. Okay. Let me read this from the Passion. It says, The one who eats freely shouldn't judge and look down on the one who eats only vegetables. And the vegetarian must not look and um, judge and look down on the one who eats everything. Remember, God has welcomed him and taken him as his partner. So if you judge another, you are telling God, Hey, who did you choose? God says, You're part of my family. We're still working on you. Okay? God's still working on me. And now some of you have heard maybe some things that we see differently than what we did previously. I see it here in the world that that's a good thing. That's, in fact, a sign of maturity. Because if we're just going to camp where we are, then we're going to remain immature. But if you're not there, that's fine. And that's not major things. That's why I'm not speaking about it on a Sunday. Because I'd rather speak about Christ. That is my message. These things are my hobbies, often. Studying it out but what we are about is christ and his message and it's a spiritual reality christ in you the hope of glory let's jump to verse five one man sees one day above another so now we're moving on second example holy days sabbath days another esteems every day alike so he's talking about the seventh day adventists and the grace people you see it there you see if i say seventh-day adventist we already think them not us you think there's some saved people there might be i'm sure they are so i was convicted myself massively this week and then god so beautifully brought it together just and said hey cherish your unity let's celebrate what we have in common Let's celebrate who we have in common. What do we have in common? Forgiveness of sins. Who do we have in common? Christ and the Spirit. Let that be what we are known for. Not grace life as he kerk, but Grace life is about Jesus. Grace life is about His message, His kingdom, His mindset. Now, Remember that thing about cognitive bias and it says you let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. So you cannot say but Peter said. When we present something to you and I'll use these words often, I said we're presenting to you this is how we see it currently. I've added that currently. Because I've learned that it might grow. And what we do is we test and we, we, we study things out and I will not share something from this pulpit unless I'm fully persuaded in my mind. That's my promise to you. Oh no, I to this interesting thing and this pastor said this. What do you guys think about it? That's it. That, will, that will be terrible. But when i'm fully persuaded you can see it in my excitement and i'm convinced and i've got word and i can i can back it up with scripture and it's not he said she said on an opinion i study things out to get to this this doesn't mean that we as the leaders of the church are not going to be sharing with you what we see even when it's different that will also be terrible because then you'll never grow when we share with you something that we see it doesn't mean you need to take it hook line sinker with the boots and the boat and everything We're just saying, listen guys, this is what we see. This is how we got here. This is how we presented to you. Now you need to study it out. A workman not being ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Being fully persuaded in your mind. You know what's easier? These guys lost their minds. I'm leaving. That's so easy. That's so, so easy. Where's the unity in that? Where's taking up your cross? And studying it out taking up your cross and saying, hey, I want to get to, to the bottom of this. It means that what we share is your responsibility to study out. And we can help you. And some of you, we've helped. And some of you have helped me even, as we get through this together. Not to reject off the bat, neither just to accept it because we are leaders. That's irresponsible. Make notes. Listen to the messages. We go through a lot of effort to get the messages out to you. Even the recordings. No, every person must be fully persuaded, convinced in their own minds. And don't forget that we all filter what we hear through our worldview, background, and perspective. We should never regard a man or a woman of God above the Word of God. (coughs) We should never hold on to our perspectives, our backgrounds, our experiences at the expense of the truth. verse 6 he that regards the day regards it unto the lord and he that regards not the day to the lord he does not regard it one is right one is wrong both motives are good and god honors the heart (coughs) he that eats eats to the lord for he gives thanks to god And he that eats not, to the Lord he eats not, and gives God thanks. How beautiful. How different is God's heart to ours. Some of you, I'm sure this heats a bit deeper than others. But I really, really believe this is such a timely word for us. God asked me, "What do you want for your birthday?" I said, "Lord, a message for the church. Your heart, for unity. Because we love you all so much. And every time someone leaves, it breaks a heart. And that's not why you go or why you stay or that's not it. If God said, "Go, go," like I'll be the last one to you stand in your way and if you've gone through all the effort and studied things out and still feel convinced that you cannot agree to disagree then it's better for you to go probably because you need to to grow grow somewhere else but don't take the easy route don't take the easy route out because you just might be missing out on what you're looking for at the end of the day we all do what we do, fully convinced that we are well-pleasing to the Lord. And I just love God's heart. And it takes it way back to the tree, where we so get caught up in us use fasting. It's maybe a safer option. If you fast and you fast unto the Lord, I'm not there to tell you that God is disappointed in that if you don't fast because you don't believe it's necessary the word is the same it says you're doing it unto the lord as long as you're doing it unto the lord if you're unsure study it out because there is a path to maturity there is a growing that needs to happen we have allowed often our convictions and opinions To overshadow the truth of the word even our understanding of the word or what so and so said about the word but do not disregard our cherished unity as the church the body of Christ Verse seven says no one lives to himself and no one dies to himself while we live we must live for our master and in death we must bring him honor see dead or alive We belong to our Master. At the end of the day, each one of us must answer for ourselves. And we'll give a personal account for our own lives before God. In every culture, there are religious traditions that are observed in varying degrees. Even Andrew Womack said, you go to, I think, Hungary, and you drink beer in worship of God while the service is going on. When you go to the United States, then it's, uh, you're condemned for having any alcohol. So where is the kingdom of God? Interestingly, it speaks about wine later on, but that's not the point. The point is we can all put our examples, the things that we hold near and dear, the great experiences that we had, even spiritual encounters with God. And then when something contrary comes, or it's against our principle, That's not in my notes, but that's a good reminder from the Holy Spirit. Never put your principle above the truth. A good principle isn't necessarily a God principle. Because at the end of the day, we go back and we're not eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Who's right and who's wrong. But we're called to eat of the tree of life. And actually live forever. And that's where it comes together in verse seventeen. It says, For the kingdom of God I love the passion translation here says, is not a matter of rules about food and drink, but it is the realm of the Holy Spirit. Oh, he got it right there. Paints a beautiful picture. There. It's filled with righteousness, peace, and joy. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So what are we celebrating? We're celebrating righteousness. We're celebrating peace, not our peace, not the world's peace, but His peace. We're celebrating joy, not happiness. We're celebrating the spirit realm, not the carnal. How many of those fights that we have is in the carnal? It's in the fleshly. So even if we disagree, we have to agree that a lot of those things are still not in the Holy Spirit. Well, it might help you get into that space. But again, John 1 says, heaven is open. It's just for us to realize it. For us to step into that. For us to to enjoy that. The kingdom of God is entered into by the Holy Spirit and not by observing feasts, rituals, sacraments, Discussions, disagreements, debates. The kingdom of God is not entered in by being right. The kingdom of God is entered into by being born again, born of above, born of the Spirit, one with Jesus, hearing the gospel, sharing the gospel, living to the fullness of who God is, making more disciples, making more believers. You can be the best Christian, but what has it helped you if you do not save one soul? So church, what are we spending our time on? What are we busy with? Is it kingdom business? Is it to have the Holy Spirit and the realities of God's kingdom? To live righteously? That means showing kindness in our relationships to others, in those who disagree with us, in those who worship on a different day or in a different way. Righteousness is not just that you're right with God forever. Righteousness is now living kindly with those We differ with I know it's maybe a bit of a convicting word but I believe it's it's shared in such love by the Holy Spirit this morning and 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 the heart of the Spirit the heart of God I just feel it so intense is, is guys don't give up what you've got don't give up your cherished unity because Christ came to make us one to set us free Not so that we could be wise asses and that we could be right and others wrong. That we can be us and so they can be them. He says that we could be one. One with the Father. One with the Spirit. One in love. One with Him. He knew we would be different. He knew we would have an opinion. So what's the problem with an opinion? It's like your nose. Everyone has one and it's full of holes. Okay? If you feel so strong about your opinion, remember, there might be something wrong with it. Amen? Let's share the message of Jesus because even His disciples said, where will we go? Because you have the words that give life. So when we share, let's share words that give life. Eternal kind. For Jesus Christ. Amen?